0: Okay, come to the verse in a a minute. Uh, I thought I'd do things a little differently. I was speaking last night to uh, my friend in in the States who I had the privilege of of, um, conducting their marriage service a month ago. It's amazing, isn't it? A month has passed. And uh, we were talking a little bit and catching up and and how's this month been and obviously it's been lovely for them. And uh, I asked them, uh, how was the honeymoon? I wasn't being like, I wasn't prying, you know, I wasn't asking that question. But I was saying, how was your honeymoon? Um, because they'd gone to Jamaica and uh, kind of wanted they'd never been. And um, I'd heard a little bit about the plans to go there and to, uh, to kind of go to this uh, this hotel, this all-inclusive ex- uh, place and they said it was really lovely. And, and he told me about it before because he'd read the brochure. He'd read uh, online some of the information about it and it sounded nice. And some of the pictures that it described, they're kind of, oh, that looks good. And uh, that looks just really apt for, for the honeymoon. And uh, and I was saying, well, did it live up to your expectations? He said, oh, yeah, it was so much better in reality. And of course it was, because uh, the brochure, the, 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 the kind of the small synopsis, the summary of that place, couldn't do it justice to the reality of what it would actually be like. That when they got there, they could see it in 3D, 360, that they could wander about, they could experience all the delights of that particular place but nevertheless what they read what they had seen beforehand pointed the way and said we want to go there because it looks great and the reality didn't disappoint in some ways the reading we're going to have in, in Isaiah 60 from this prophecy this great uh, oracle that was brought across many decades in some ways, acts and speaks a little bit about a brochure, it points to the reality, points to the truth, points to the destination, and describes it. And says, let's go there, let's journey to there, let's embrace what Isaiah sees. And the truth of what he describes will be far greater than just the word pictures and the images and the truths that it conveys. Not to say that that belittles what the Scripture says, far from it, but describes it in ever such wonderful detail. More than a holiday brochure. Why more? Because there's a track record. You know, we we live in an era where there's over-advertising. Have you noticed that? That uh, superlatives are given its five stars, and actually, it's not, or it's, it's kind of awesome and wonderful, and we've run out of words to describe things. Why do I say this is more important? Well, partly because, as Isaiah writes, it's based on the truth of the evidence to date. That, that Isaiah is describing and outlining and building upon all that has gone before, that was evidence, that was experience, that was part of their history. And saying, in the here and now, in all that you know that God has done, in all that you have seen that He has accomplished, in all the fulfillment of His word today, in the 700, at 700 BC, there's a whole back story of what God has accomplished and done, and how His word comes to pass. And paints now a picture that looks forward and says, Hear this. So, Isaiah 60. As we read, arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the sea on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephaph and, uh, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming. The praise of the Lord. All Kedar's flocks will be gathered to you. The rams of Neboath will serve you. They will be accepted as offerings on my altar, and I will adorn my glorious temple. Whose are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? Surely the islands, look to me, in the lead are the ships of Tarshish. Bringing your children from afar with their silver and gold to honor, to the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. For he has endowed you with splendor. Foreigners will rebuild your walls and their kings will serve you. Though in anger I struck you, in favor I will show you compassion. Your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut. Day or night so that the people may bring you the wealth of the nations, their kings led in triumphal procession. For the nation or the kingdom that will not serve you will perish. It will be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon will come to you, the juniper, the fir, and the cypress together to adorn my sanctuary, and I will glorify the place for my feet. The children of your oppressors will come, bowing before you. All who despise you will bow down at your feet and will call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Although you have been forsaken and hated, with no one traveling through, I will make you the everlasting pride and the joy of all generations You will drink the milk of nations and be nursed at royal breasts. Then you will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring you gold and silver in place of iron. Instead of wood, I will bring you bronze and iron in place of stones. I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders. But you will, but you will call your world's salvation, and your gates, praise. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow will end. Then all your people will be righteous and they will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands for the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. We thank the Lord for his word. I wonder what came to mind when you think of that, when you heard that, when you, you heard those images being... Written. For the people of the time, remember there's exile. Jerusalem and its walls and temple have been torn down. It seems a long, long way away. It seems that everything is pointing in the other direction. The Babylon, and before that the Assyrians, and maybe just gathering on the horizon the new empires and powers gathering and, and the light of Jerusalem seems flickering and almost to be snuffed out. But Isaiah speaks. Isaiah speaks and declares something most wonderful. The gloom will turn to brilliant light. The dark will give way so the light dawn will come. Have you seen the dawn rise recently? It's early at the moment. I hear the birds more than the dawn, particularly the crows. They're really pesky around my house at four in the morning. Maybe more in midwinter when it's so, so dark and you kind of wake up and there's just that Beginning beginning of light in the east the first rays spilling over just that that beginning of shape and the beginning of, of a difference between dark and you begin to see form gray at first but soon the colors as the rays of light rise as the sun gathers height in the sky The whole light shines. Particularly in Jerusalem, as a valley and and as the sun would come up, eventually the whole valley, that which was in gloom, rising. The whole place. But Isaiah is more than just a glorious sunrise, saying the Lord will rise. The Lord will come. His glory will be the glorious light. But for the people at the time, it seems a long way off. We were hearing this morning in our, in our morning service with dangerous faith of, of North Korea and, and deep darkness for believers in that land, for not just believers but for everyone in that land. The dawn seems a long way off. There are times in life... Where rather than seeing the spectacular presence of God and being overjoyed and and full of the life of God, it seems that it's, it's a long slog. Darkness seems prevalent. And yet, what I want us to hold on to and to remember from Isaiah the prophet, for those people in these days, they knew that too. But on the basis of their experience of God, their knowledge of God, the faithfulness and truthfulness of God into every age and generation before even tracking all the way back to Abraham, they could remember the Lord has always been faithful. And Isaiah speaks into the darkness Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See. This wasn't hard to see. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. As I was reading that, I was reminded of that wonderful little phrase by Corrie Ten Boom. She lived in the, the Second World War, was a Holocaust survivor. And she wrote about that very dark time. That bleak time. She said, "When when the train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. For us as sisters and brothers in this day, we live in a different age to Isaiah. We live in the coming of the Lord. The sending of his spirit. But still, we await. Still, we we recognize the truth of of the final verse of, of chapter 60, verse 22. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. But hold on to this fact. Don't throw away the ticket, for light will come. If you've ever been through a long tunnel, it seems it goes on and on and on. But as the, the vehicle, the train, emerges out of the tunnel, suddenly the light comes. Isaiah reminds us, uh, as he focuses on Jerusalem as the spotlight upon that place where the purposes of God would be worked out and fulfilled and the great universal global scope of the good news would be made manifest. It focuses in on Jerusalem, on Zion of walls of the place that seems abandoned and wretched and passed over. People don't even travel there. Why would they to this ruined, desolate place? But as I prophesize, it won't just have a renewal. It won't just have some gentrification. It will be the place where the glory of the Lord comes. Darkness, thick darkness covers the earth. It's almost like Isaiah recognized the need for light to come. With echoes of Genesis chapter 1, where, where dark, the, the earth was formless and dark, and God spoke and said, Let there be light. There's almost this this veil of, of not only the, the darkness of evil that is, is manifest in, in emperors and, uh, and rulers who do despotic things. But Isaiah has come to see that the darkness is spiritual darkness, moral evil, spiritual blindness, and yet that won't just prevail. A brighter revelation will come. It won't just be that the sun and moon will give light, again echoes of Genesis, but this time the Lord is the light, the divine revelation, the coming of Jesus, this glorious vision. A bit like that of Ezekiel in chapter 40 and 48 at the city of God or John in Revelation chapters 21 and 22 of the new Jerusalem coming down. Sisters and brothers, to hold on to this. The word of the Lord will be accomplished. Just a few things as we reflect on this passage, that the kingdom of God will conquer all other kingdoms. Again, through this this passage, and again and again, we hear of nations and kings who will come to Zion. Their gaze is other ways in other places. Not to Jerusalem. Who saw the footage of Trump's visit last week? Some smiles. I mean, the greatest uh, nation. Well, I mean, so we're told, uh, the president, the most powerful nation. Come, people want to spend time with him. People come from all over. That there's a pecking order even amongst rulers, as we saw in the um, in the, the D-Day commemorations. That the eyes of of our world look to those with power, not to the places that are passed over. And yet Isaiah says that as you're looking to these other places, to other centers of power politically and with wealth and status and influence, look back to God. For the kingdom of God will conquer all other kingdoms. Nations will come. Kings will come again again. To Zion, not to fight, but to find. And indeed they will submit to the living Lord. Starkly in verse twelve we're told that those who don't will perish, they'll be utterly ruined. But this is true. I started and talked about a brochure, that that we're living sometimes in the here and now, and it seems like it just seems a good idea. And we're kind of grasping and thinking, where's the reality of it? As, uh, as uh, Ron was helping us think this morning, that sometimes it is a difficult place to be in this world as a believer. But Isaiah sets the stall and says, do not uh, grow disheartened. That the outworking of his uh, prophetic vision, this truthful oracle, is happening. That nations will return. I mean, look back at 2,000 years since the coming of Christ. And actually what has accomplished, how the kingdom of God has come through 1 and 12 and 72 of a handful of people in Jerusalem. Of how the outworking of this of this oracle, this vision, this prophecy. Has happened. That in the first century, it seemed that the greatest empire and the most powerful rulers were in Rome. And they took this man, Jesus, and they crucified him. Flesh and blood splintered and wrecked. The power of the nations to bring desolation. And yet, he rose In the first century, the death and crucifixion of Jesus. Yet, 300 years later, in the fourth century, Emperor Constantine turned to Jesus. And that biggest of empires suddenly was yielding and submitting to Jesus. Astonishing. That the power of human kingdoms will wane and fail. But the kingdom of God will not. As I already spoke about it earlier on, the increase of his government will know no end. Prince of Peace, the mighty counselor, everlasting God. Kingdom of God conquers all other kingdoms, not just in the human realm, but we see in Jesus the declaration that even the kingdom and power of darkness is broken. Whenever he encountered spirits of evil, Manifestations of everything hostile against God. Did they fight and have a kind of stalemate? Not at all. Jesus commanded the evil ones to go, to be gone, and they were. The kingdom of God conquers all others. Sisters and brothers, be encouraged. Know this. Secondly, Many from all the corners of the world will enter willingly. That's a great missionary hope, a great missionary encouragement. I know we live in a culture and an age where it seems hard. we Phils, on the penultimate week of Alpha this week and we're praying and asking the Lord for breakthroughs with our our dear precious uh, guests on that course. And it seems uh, like there's a real reluctance to find Jesus. There is in our nation, but it's not the case everywhere. And again, through church history, many from all corners of the world will enter willingly when hearing and given an opportunity to hear about the Savior that to anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved through faith in what Jesus has accomplished. It's embraced as great, liberating, wonderful news. I read about. Uh, I read a. It was a digital book written in the 18th century, and it was digitized in. Uh, I think it was the Harvard Library, and it was kind of yellow and moth-eaten and tatty. But it was the story of the revival that broke out in the Karen tribes in Burma and Thailand, and how they had they had had this prophecy of old, and uh, and these. Missionaries had come, and, and rather than it being really tough, that immediately they heard, they said, This is of God. And like dozens and hundreds and thousands of, of this tribe embraced willingly the gospel and laid aside all their ancestral worship and the traditions they had. They embraced the gospel. It's not always true in every place, there's often years and years of hard work. Kerry had, I think it was nine years before he first saw someone turn to Jesus when he first went to India. But this passage reminds us of the universal hope of Jesus for all nations. We're praying for nations regularly. And I pray that we would grasp the message and and recognize not just as we go to all corners of the world, but maybe you encounter people from all corners of the world here just hang out in Chipping Camden when the, the buses of tourists come from all over the world. As people drop in to coffee and, uh, to Connect Cafe on Mondays and renew on Thursdays. And as we meet people in in the town at events, to be quick in sharing the good news. To know that God is working out his purposes in all nations. As to Pentecost, the Spirit was sent and given to us. And Isaiah foresaw it. That in verse 9, the islands, the far off islands would come. Verse 6 speaks of, in the language of the time, of places like Midian and Ephaph and Sheba. Probably places like Yemen. Verse 10 Foreigners will rebuild your walls. I mean, imagine that in this holy city. Foreigners coming. And yet, the reminder that by the welcome of Jesus, all are included. Not just ethnic Jews. Remember the story at Christmas? There's little Jesus in in his crib. And these visitors from the east rock up on camels, we think, with gifts. Probably, well, we don't know if there's three, but they have three gifts. Why did they come? They saw a star and they followed. star, a little beam of light. And they journeyed and found the Messiah, the Savior, the light of the world. We mustn't forget there's a hunger, a deep hunger, a deep longing in all people and in nations for God, for Jesus. It's one of the lies of our age that says other religions are just as satisfactory. No. Only the Lord can bring peace and hope and salvation. I know we're we're kind of belittled as bigots and zealots and and mindless kind of uh, robots of the gospel. But actually, we are heralds of this good news. Don't just take my word for it. The prophet Isaiah, who spoke into this age, whose words came true in the prophecy of Jesus, and we are still waiting for the full fulfillment of everything of Isaiah chapter sixty. Don't let that doubt. Settle in to think this isn't, therefore, relevant. It is. It shall come to pass. Thirdly and finally, that the vision that he sees, the glory of God arising, the splendor of his coming, is everlasting. It's forever. Listen to verses 17 and 18. Instead of bronze, I will bring you gold and silver in place of iron. Instead of wood, I will bring you bronze and iron in place of stones. I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders. But your wall, you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Peace and righteousness and praise. The reign and rule of God fully established, never to be overturned. In our experience of the now, we, we put our trust in all sorts of things. But the one thing that will last is the reign and rule of Jesus. The truth of that reality for the now and also in the hereafter. Cory Ten Boom talked about a train in, in the darkness of a tunnel, not to be afraid, but to trust the engineer. We don't jump off. I am the Lord, Isaiah spoke. In its time, I will do this swiftly. That reminder, even when it seems dark, to look ahead. To have confidence and trust. That Jesus spoke of parables as he said, I'm going to Jerusalem and I must be crucified And on the third day will arise again. But he taught them a bunch of parables. And they were perplexed. But all the emphasis of those parables is to watch and wait. For he will come back. And it will be a surprise. And it will be quickly that he will come again. To be ready and prepared and watchful. Arise, shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Let's pray together.